Good evening and welcome to our Bible study. And as you know, we're continuing in our study of the book of Job. And this evening we're going to read from Job chapter 7. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Job chapter 7, verse 1. Does not man have hard service on earth? Are not his days like those of a hired man, like a slave longing for the evening shadows, or a hired man waiting eagerly for his wages? So I have been allotted months of futility, and nights of misery have been assigned to me. When I lie down, I think, how long before I get up? The night drags on, and I toss till dawn. My body is clothed with worms and scabs. My skin is broken and festering. My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle, and they come to an end without hope. Remember, O God, that my life is but a breath. My eyes will never see happiness again. The eye that now sees me will see me no longer. You will look for me, and I will not be there any more. As a cloud vanishes and is gone, so he who goes down to the grave does not return. He will never come to his house again. His place will know him no more. Therefore, I will not keep silent. I will speak out in the anguish of my spirit. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. Am I the sea or a monster of the deep that you put me under guard? When I think my bed will comfort me and my couch will ease my complaint, even then you frighten me with dreams and terrify me with visions, so that I prefer strangling to death rather than this body of mine. I despise my life. I would not live forever. Let me alone. My days have no meaning. What is man that you make so much of him, that you give him so much attention, that you examine him every morning and test him every moment? Will you never look away from me or let me alone even for an instant? If I have sinned, what have I done to you, O watcher of men? Why have you made me your target? Have I become a burden to you? Why do you not pardon my offences or forgive me my sins? For I shall soon lie down in the dust. You will search me, but I will be no more. Well, God, let his blessings of that reading. Let's just uh, come to him before we look at it together. Father, again, we come to you uh, with the desire to want to know more about you, and we know that you can teach us uh, lessons from this book of Job. And we just pray this evening that you will open our hearts and our minds to what it is you have to say to us as we bring these things before you in the name of Jesus. Amen. So we come to this uh, chapter 7 of Job, and I've titled it, What Else Has Job Got to Say? See, Eliphaz is the first person to speak to Job, and last week we listened to Job's reply. Now, in the middle of what Job is saying, he makes his plea to his friends. All I want you to do is to look at me, believe what I am saying, and don't prejudge me. You know me. You know me well enough for you to show me the courtesy of, if nothing else, at least seeing that my honesty and integrity are still intact. So let this influence you as you speak to me. Now, Job here is not saying that he is not a sinner. He knows that he is a sinner, but he also knows he's a sinner who has been saved by grace, by God's grace. 
And his salvation, his relationship with God is secure. And whatever his friends are saying to him, he knows that he has done nothing against God to warrant the extent of this, his suffering. Job then begins to relate to them some obvious facts that they need to consider. And that not that people, uh, they, they are that people do suffer. This is reality. And that suffering is not always because they have sinned, but it's because they live in a sin-cursed world, a world cursed, cursed because of Adam's sin. So Job is saying, look, don't try to tell me that the righteous do not suffer. I know. See, I know that I am right with God. And look at me. I'm suffering. This is who Job is. This is the one uh, here that, that this is really the main theme of the whole book of Job. The theme of the righteousness and the fact that the righteous do suffer. And you know, the most righteous one suffered most. And that is really the theme of all scripture. Peter, in 1 Peter 3 verse 18, puts it this way for us. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He is put to death in your he was put to death in the body, but made alive in spirit. So again we have the reference here to Jesus. But let's go back to Job, back to chapter 7 and verses 1 through to 5 and let's look at some of the true facts from Job. Verse 1. Do not mortals have hard service on earth? Are not their days like those of hired laborers? Like a slave longing for the evening shadows for a hired hand waiting to be paid? So... I have been allotted months of futility, and nights of misery have been assigned to me. When I lie down, I think, how long before I get up? The night drags on, and I toss and turn until dawn. My body is clothed with worms and scabs. My skin is broken and festering. This is life at the moment for Job. This is his life. It's hard and he's saying to his friends, look at me, what else do you expect me to be saying? But what can we learn from those few words that Job has just spoken? Well, we know that he's suffering, but we also learn this. In these words, I have been allotted. And in the words, nights of misery have been assigned to me. Job is telling us that he believes that this is the Lord's will. It's been allotted to him. It's been assigned to him. But the thing is, he knows this, but he just doesn't, doesn't understand why it's happening to him. And when he says months of futility... This indicates to us something of the length of time that Job has been suffering. When we read this, we tend to see it as being a short time, but it wasn't. It was a long time. This has been going on for months. And maybe 
the suffering of Joel has been going on for years. And he doesn't see the point of it. This means that because he doesn't see the point of it, he's still looking for a reason. And that means that he hasn't completely given up. When we come to verse 5, this tells us of the extent of Job's suffering. My body is clothed with worms and scabs. My skin is broken and festering. You know, as we listen to Job, we hear what he has to say. It's not always clear when he's actually speaking to his friends or when he's speaking to God. But what is clear is that his hope is in the Lord. So at times, he will speak to the Lord as if God is the third person in this conversation. He reaches out to God in a way that tells us that his hope is still in the Lord. When we come to Job 7, verse 6 through to 10, we see something of Job's prayer. We're not sure where the prayer actually starts. But verse 6 says, My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle, and they come to me, uh, they come to an end without hope. Now, Job has already spoken about how the sleepless nights are long, and now he speaks of how the days are short and how they end without hope for tomorrow. You see, he has no hope in his physical recovery, but his hope is that he will remain faithful to the Lord and that he will be with his Lord. Now, these words are reminiscent, reminiscent of the words of King Hezekiah as he was laid aside in ill health. We find these words in Isaiah 38, verse 12. This is Hezekiah saying, Like a shepherd's tent, my house has been pulled down and taken from me. Like a weaver, I have rolled up my life, and he has cut me off from the loom. Day and night, you made an end of me. You see, in times of illness, we can relate to these words. We can relate to sleepless nights. And on the other hand, we can relate to days which seem to be just running by one after the other. And we lose track of time. Now, we cannot be sure if this part of Job's uh, speech is part of his prayer. But the next part we know that Job is addressing God directly. In verse 7 he says, Remember, O God, that my life is but a breath. My eyes will never see happiness again. The eyes that now, the eye that now sees me will see me no longer. Then he says, You, you will look for me, but I will be no more. As a cloud vanishes and is gone, so one who goes down to the grave does not return. He will never come to his house again. His place will know him no more. You see, Job is seeing here that his life is insignificant. Now that everything has been taken, he sees himself as being like a cloud that is there one minute and is then blown away. He feels that he has nothing left to lose, so he will speak openly to God. He will question 
the reasons for his suffering. So we come to verse 11 through to 16. And Job is going to speak truthfully to God. He starts off by saying, verse 11, Therefore I will not keep silent. I will speak out in the anguish of my spirit. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. Am I the sea or a monster of the deep that you put me under God? When I think my bed will comfort me and my couch will ease my complaints, even then you frighten me with dreams and terrify me with visions so that I prefer strangling to death rather than this body of mine. I despise my life. I would not live forever. Let me alone. My days have no meaning. These are strong words from Job, and he's questioning God, and there are times when it is right to do this. Not to doubt him, but to look for reasons. His reference to the sea and the sea monster, they're terms that in his day would be associated with evil, that is the sea, and one who is seen to be evil, that is the sea monster. And what Job is saying, tell me, am I evil in your sight? Is, is this how you see me? If I do manage to sleep, you, you wake me up with nightmares. Something to note here as we listen to the words of Job. We don't have any indication throughout this book that Job contemplated suicide. But he does long to die. But each time he calls for the Lord to be the one who will take his life from him. I would sooner you cut off my breath so that I might die. And then he says, let me alone. He's saying, why, why do you bother me? But you know, when we come to verse 17 through to 21, we see how Job continues with this thought in mind as he questions God. Verse 17, What is mankind that you make so much of them, that you give them so much attention, that you examine them every morning and test them every moment? Job is saying, to God, why are you paying me so much attention? Your eyes are on me all day and night. Are you looking for some fault in me? These words, what is mankind, might be familiar to you. They might remind you of another part of Scripture. And these words of Job contrast with that other part of Scripture. And that is what David said in Psalm 8 verse 4, where he uses similar words. He says, What is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? Now what David is saying here is that we are lower than the angels. We are insignificant. And yet he's saying to God, David is saying, God, you care for us and you honour us. Now Job doesn't know it yet. But through his suffering, God is honouring him. And he will ultimately show how much he cares for him. But not yet. 
Verse 19. Will you never look away from me or let me alone, even for an instant? Now again, we can contrast these words again with the words of David, again from another psalm, Psalm 139, verse 1 to 2. And David says this, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. And if you read through that psalm, David goes on to say to God, Look, I know you are everywhere. Wherever I go, you are there. And David sees this as a blessing. Job is looking at the same thing, but he doesn't see it as a blessing. You know, the Lord is omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. All those three words mean is that he is all-powerful, all-knowing, and always present. This is who God is. And as I said, David sees this as a blessing. Job, in his state of mind, sees it differently. The God who brings blessing can also bring conviction. Now, Job is not under conviction here. And he is wrong in thinking that he is. But he is right in recognizing God as God. He says in verse 20 and 21, If I have sinned, what have I done to you? You who see everything we do. Why have you made me your target? Have I become a burden to you? Why do you not pardon my offences and forgive my sins? For I shall soon lie down in the dust. You will search me, but I shall be no more. You see, Job here is crying out forgiveness, even though in his heart he knows that he has not done anything to deserve what is happening to him. And this is not an admission of guilt. It is a recognition that God has the right and God has a reason for Job to suffer. Job here is bowing to the supremacy of God and in his ways. And he's seeing the infer inferiority of his own knowledge in the presence of God. You know, as, as a printer, I know the importance of the proofreader. I was taught that we are always slow to spot our own mistakes, so we should always get our work checked by someone else. Now, in those days, when I was in the industry, a book was proofread and checked for typos at least five times, and very often by different people, before it went to press. As we finish this evening, and in the light of what we have learned from Job, let us take these two thoughts away with us, one from the Old Testament and one from the New Testament. The Old Testament is again from one of the Psalms. It's Psalm 19, and it's verses 11 through to 14. And this is what it says, and let's just think about it as I, I read it. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever, the decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. 
but who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgressions. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. So let's have a few thoughts now from the New Testament. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 16 through to 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day, for our light and our momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So Job is doing this. Job is fixing his eyes on the Lord, the one who is unseen. But his friends are just looking at what they see. And they see the sufferings of Job and they draw their own conclusions. Well, next week we're going to hear what Bildad has to say to Job. Let's just pray. Father, we just thank you for these words that we've looked at this evening and we pray that they might be an encouragement to us as we go through this life, the life that sometimes has its problems that we don't understand, the answers that we never seem to get. But, our oh, Father, just help us to trust in who you are and to trust in that whatever happens, you are in control and we are in your hands. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.